0: Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, September 14th, 2020. And I am your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. Today, we are going to be looking at some more second round prospects. The Red Wings, in this upcoming NHL draft, have three picks in the second round. And with one of those three picks, they're going to hope to find a diamond in the rough. They're going to hope to find a player who's widely projected to go in the first round, but against all odds, slips into the second round, lands in their lap, and becomes one of the defining picks of the rebuild of this whole turnaround that Steve Eiserman is trying to build. And one of the players to keep an eye on is Jan Misak from the Hamilton Bulldogs of the Ontario Hockey League. He is a Czech winger, somebody who projects to go late first, early second, could be there when the Red Wings take him. So we brought in our friend Steve Kornianos from the Draft Analyst Podcast to profile him. And best of all, we also did three other prospect profiles with him, so stay tuned for that. We've got Jake Neighbors coming tomorrow. We're going to lead off the week next week by bringing Steve back to talk about Martin Kromiak and Ozzy Weisblatt. You're not going to want to miss either of those. Rate, review, subscribe, like I said, and be ready for those when they come out. Steve talks about Jan's game, what he's best at offensively, what the timeline on his NHL arrival projects to be, and why he is considered by many to be a first-round talent, but also uh Definitely has the potential to fall into one of the Red Wings' picks in the second round. We do have somewhat of a uh, a schedule in place for the entire week this week, so good news for that. You'll know exactly what's going on. Like I just mentioned, we'll have Jake Neighbors' profile with Steve tomorrow on Wednesday. We're hoping to uh, be able to do a crossover episode. Locked Lightning to talk about what's what they remember from Steve Yzerman's strategy early on in the rebuilds, how they think uh, that has changed from uh, as time has gone on, what his draft strategies have been, and uh, just a whole lot more. Thursday, we're going to be doing a profile of NDTP defenseman Jake Sanderson, who is a long shot to be picked by the Red Wings at four. Uh, but we figured he, we would uh, profile him anyways because Moritz Seider was also a long shot to be picked by the Red Wings where he was last year. Uh, last thing I want to say before we jump in, we're going to get into this in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to have Steve explain it kind of more in depth, but I cannot recommend his complete 2020 draft guide uh, available at thedraftanalyst.com draftanalyst.com enough. Uh, it's hundreds of pages of prospect profiles, team trends, and a whole lot more uh, and it's just five dollars, so he's not paying me to say this. This is not an advertisement; just a strong recommendation uh, from somebody who has benefited uh, from this material. So go check that out, because I think you'll not only enjoy it but benefit from it substantially in the education department. Impress everybody at your draft party this year by by mentioning, you know, what what did this guy's parents do for a living? What what are his strengths in the offensive end? You'll you'll know all sorts of things like that. So. Uh, go check that out. Enjoy the profile with Steve Cornianos and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Right, we are now joined at this time by Steve Cornianos of the DraftAnalyst.com and the Draft Analyst Podcast. We're here to talk about some prospects in the upcoming NHL draft that the Red Wings could be targeting uh, with one of their three second round picks. Uh, Before we get to that though, Steve, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks guys, thanks Thanks for having me on, really looking forward to this. Uh,
1: Steve is a great follow for all things prospects. Give him a follow on Twitter at The Draft Analyst, purge through TheDraftAnalyst.com. And uh, Steve, before we get started here, why don't you tell everybody about your complete 2020 draft report uh, that is available at your website?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a 300-page, basically, draft guide. It's 300 pages. It's got 376 detailed scouting reports with at least, each scouting report has at least two paragraphs on um, each player. The top, I guess, uh, 100 have full-page reports. And everybody to that, uh, they get about two or three, four paragraphs apiece. Uh, I also did 31 team previews for each NHL team, where I broke down the trends, what they've done the last five years at the draft, how many picks they've had, uh, what leagues they tend to lean towards, uh, position-wise, do they like overages, do they not like overages. Also broke down the draft order prior to the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the Stanley Cup final. So Uh, I hit the nail on the head, I guess, with that one. I guessed (laughs) that the four teams uh, currently in the conference finals would be there. And that way I was able to make a somewhat coherent draft order. uh, So you'll be able to get that. Plus I got my top 300 rankings. I got a top 32 for the 2021 draft with player descriptions. And I did a two round uh, mock draft as well. So there's a lot of stuff. It's only five bucks. It's a PDF download. You can find it on the site. Uh, It's about seven megabytes and, uh, the best way to navigate through it is control left. It's a PDF. So just control left, type whatever name you want to type in. And uh, hopefully at least 90% of the kids in this draft guide are going to be drafted. So out of 376, I'm hoping at least a couple hundred will be uh, kids actually drafted on, on draft day in October. So check it out. You won't be disappointed.
1: Yeah, definitely go check that out. But you must have made a mistake because that, that's a ton of content. You said it's only $5. That can't be right.
0: Yeah. It's only five. That's the thing. My intent is not to make a lot of money or uh, it's the only thing that I charge money for. The blog is free. Uh, Every, every article I do is free. I don't charge people money for it. Uh, Just with the draft guide, it's 160,000 words. Uh, So I figured, listen, if I'm going to spend that much time doing the formatting on my own, I do everything on my own. Uh, I'm a one man show. I got a little help from Ross Martin who covers the MHL in Russia for me. But, uh, yeah, it's only five bucks. That's the intent. Actually, last year's draft guide was five bucks and it had, uh, I believe it had 250. So I increased it by 126 and I kept it still at five dollars. So it's that's it's always going to be five dollars. That's unless something crazy happens where they add 10 more teams and I don't have to you know, do more. Maybe I'll say, all right, maybe I'll start charging like 750 or something. But for now, it's only five <laughs> bucks and it's all through PayPal. If you don't have a PayPal account, you could just send me a DM. My DMs are open on Twitter at the draft analyst and we can hook up like a Venmo type of situation or we'll work something else out. But uh, so far the feedback's been outstanding. Uh, Send, uh, had a couple of NHL teams hit me up for copies. Gave it to them, No problem. Uh, So it's, uh, it's definitely growing, but uh, I'd like to think it's one of the definitely one of the recommended draft guys out there. It covers all the
1: bases. Before we jump into uh, the specifics of both of these guys, I guess I'm just kind of curious, what is your philosophy for a team going into the second round with three picks? Does that change how you approach each pick? Do you, do you give yourself maybe a little bit of leeway? You can say, hey, we can pick a guy with high upside because, you know, we can afford to miss on one or, or kind of what is your approach in that situation?
0: It's all situational dependence. It's It's dependent upon several factors at the NHL level. How good is the team at the NHL level? How deep is the prospect pool? How deep is the team uh, uh, at the NHL level? Their depth chart also down below. Are they loaded with prospects in Europe in college where they can sit on those kids for a little bit and not worry about giving them a contract? Uh, The other thing you have to factor in is uh, how many uh, picks the team has in that specific draft. Also, you have to factor in the depth of the draft. Is this a a draft where we might think you could get first-round quality high or in the middle of the second round. We saw that definitely in 2019 or 2018. Uh, this year, I would say yes to a degree, but because we're, it's a draft that's thin on centers and thin on defensemen, the only thing you're really going to find first round quality and a first round caliber quality in the second round are going to be scoring wingers. And that's the category that guys like Neighbors and Meshach fall into. So uh, specific to the Red Red Wings right now, I mean, I'm being honest with you. They, 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 they've, they've had 45 draft picks in the last five years. That's, that's more than eight or, was it, nine uh, a draft, uh, which is crazy. Some teams mm-hmm. only have four or five who are given the trades. Uh, but since the Red Wings are rebuilding, uh, they've had this loaded prospect pool with all these players everywhere. I would be a fan of trading some of those second-round picks, not only for uh, NHL-ready talent, but maybe trying to get uh, another extra pick in the first round. Uh, so, you know, Eisenman's done that before. He's never been uh, – never had an issue with, let's say, trading down. I know when he was – Tammy traded down. But uh, you got three second-round picks, and one of them is, I guess, kind of high because it's the Edmonton pick, right, uh, mm-hmm. from the athens Yep. trade. Uh, why not package, let's say, 32 and 51 to grab, you know, 24? We saw the Rangers do that with Keandre Miller a couple of years ago. With to move up four spots in the first round, late first round. They traded away a high second-round pick. And, um, you know, Miller's a pretty good prospect. I guess the reason why they did that was to uh, stop Minnesota from drafting him, and that that's all ties into the draft day strategy. But to answer your question, uh, I would say that uh, there are a lot of options you have. However, given that it's the Red Wings, given that they're rebuilding, they don't need more prospects necessarily. They, they seem to have a log gym in multiple positions. Uh, I wouldn't be uh, upset at all. I'd actually agree with it if they decided to maybe move some of those picks to get some help at the NHL level. But I don't know what Eisenman's plan is. If he wants to keep rebuilding or, uh, you know, with all that cap space that they have, like, right. what's the plan? So we'll have to wait and see.
1: You know, Steve, while that might be a good strategy for the Red Wings, one thing that the fellas at home shouldn't wait and see is whether or not they'll be ready when things start getting hot and heavy in the bedroom if you know what I mean. Now listen, talking about erectile dysfunction has never been easy. Usually we'll brush it off by, or, or, you know, just blame ourselves. Say, I don't don't know what's gotten into me. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe I just lost my mojo. Or we'll avoid it altogether. Say, you know, we don't really feel like it. Or uh, I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is much, much easier to talk about than ever Before, And you'll get to do it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash locked NHL today. And if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on NHL. One more time getroman.com slash locked on NHL. Speaking of things that you can do from the comfort and privacy of your own home, DoorDash is back, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, the number one food delivery service out there wants you to know. That they've got your back when it comes to what you want for dinner tonight. Because listen, between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty to do. So give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. The other day, I woke up. I didn't feel like leaving the house. I had a little bit to drink the night before. Went on my phone. Boop, 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 boop. Next thing you know, 20 minutes later, I had an omelet dropped off at my front door. An omelet. Not, not you know, some uh, some crappy breakfast sandwich. Actually, not. I love breakfast sandwiches, so I take that crappy uh, adjective back. But the point still stands. I got omelet, hash browns, toast. It was amazing. Uh, and thanks to DoorDash, you can be ordering like a king when you wake up on Saturday mornings. Or if you want to make sure that you don't have to worry about dinner. You can order dinner before you leave work. Through DoorDash and it'll be waiting for you at your door when you arrive. I mean, what a what a world we're living in. And I haven't even told you guys all the best part, which is right now our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code locked on NHL. That's five dollars off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter the code LockedOnNHL. nhl don't forget one more time that is code locked nhl for five dollars off your first order with doordash
0: fender off gives him the business all right so let's dive into uh my sec, or me here i uh, he started off his professional career with uh in the extra Liga, where he was uh pacing to really surpass their pre-draft production of Martin and really our own Phillips Adina too. Yeah. Uh, he had 26 games played, five goals, four assists, nine points. Like uh, I guess a good way to dive into this is just what kind of player is he? He's a, he's an odd player, not odd in a bad way. He doesn't have like, he has dynamism. He's actually a natural center so he could play center or wing with Litvinov, Litvinov was a, 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 an experienced team. The one thing about Mishak is that he was so highly regarded for so long that if you talk to people in Czech hockey circles, they would have told you about maybe a year and a half to two years ago that they thought that Mishak was an, actually a superior prospect to both Zadina and Nietzsche's. So, and I, I love both Michas and, and, uh, and Zadina. I had him ranked really high. I, I talked longly about them for years. And now we're starting to see them uh, make an impact at the NHL level, albeit on a smaller scale for Zadina. Uh, but we were told, and really based on his play at the U-17 level, that this kid, Mishak, was the, the cat's uh, meow. Like, he was going to be the next great Czech player or one of the top Czech players to play in the NHL. And when he's playing in the extra league uh, as a young kid following a really good cup of coffee, he had the season prior in his draft minus one expectations were really high and Livinov was not a good team. They were a kind of like a, not saying a defense oriented team, but they had trouble scoring goals. So Meshach was on the third line, sometimes on the fourth line, he was used occasionally on the second power play unit. Um, and you know he he gave some energy. What I loved about him in, in the extra league was that he showed like he cared, like he played like he he cared on and off the puck. Now sometimes that might be the case of you're a young kid and you're playing around 25, 30 year old men who are doing this for a living, and they have high standards for their young players. They say, hey, listen, if you want to play, you're gonna take ice time away from me. You got to show up and you got to put in the work on and off the ice. And it looked like. He did that. And, you know, his hands, his skill, his, his shot is fantastic. Uh, but albeit uh, it's still on a relatively small scale production-wise. Uh, so uh, when he went to the World Juniors, uh, the one thing about Misak too, that I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but uh, I was expecting really big things from him at the Ivan Holinka tournament in August. I think I had him ranked in, the, in my top 10, my preseason top 10, naturally. He had these great stats in his draft minus one. And at the Holinka, he was kind of just there, you know. He had a nice short goal here. He had a nice play there, but he wasn't like wasn't like this dominating performance that we saw. Let's say maybe Alexis Lafreniere had the year prior, or you know a guy like Dylan Cousins in his draft year. So uh, I had to knock him down a little bit because of that. And you know he was pretty good in the extra league. And then then he goes to the World Juniors and he has a pretty strong tournament there. And then he goes to Hamilton in the OHL, and there he's putting up crazy points over a point a game, 15 goals in 22 games. Uh, but the OHL, if you didn't know, was a, a kind of a joke this year with goal scoring. It was like the highest in 25 years. It was a track meet. Uh, so I think he's got – still has that star potential. I'm not going to say – I know originally I might have said it, that he, he had a higher upside than and Chats. Now I, I put him on the same uh, level playing field. Uh, the the question is now he's back there, I think, uh, playing with Litvinov, and he's I guess he's doing okay. I watched one game look pretty good. But uh, I don't know if he's going to be around in the second round. I, I think that some teams might still consider him first-round quality. He's definitely first-round quality. It's just a matter of one of those teams with three picks, whether it be the Devils or Ottawa. Rangers have an extra first, uh, and they've always been pro-check when it comes to drafting. Uh, maybe they might pluck him early and uh, eliminate the chance of drafting him in the second round. But uh, I, I think he's definitely a high upside potential pick. Uh, Offensive-wise, if he can't become a scorer, maybe he could become a checker. But, uh, you know, he's one of those kids got to be like a past in that way. He's drafted late, and he lives up to expectations later on, and we all look stupid for doubting him.
1: How long do you project uh, until he's an NHL-ready player? And when he gets to that point, what do you think will be – or I guess what area of his game do you think will be what gets him there?
0: Well, uh, I think what gets him there will be his his just his finishing, his skill, his hands. Uh, the compete level's pretty good. It was more pronounced uh, against adults in the extra league than it was in the OHL. I guess he seemed like, well, in the OHL, I'm against my peers. Uh, but I don't know. In this day and age, it seems like teams are promoting these kids so fast, so young. It doesn't matter. Uh, the question really is on, on Mishak whether he's uh, you know, willing to put in the effort. And I'm not saying he hasn't. It's just that's how, what, when he gets his first look. You know, he has to go through the interviews in the pre-draft process, and whichever team drafts him, they're going to give him a, uh, a list of expectations. Now, there's a Czech kid named uh, Jakub Lauko, who I was very high on last year, fast, speedy, great attitude, uh, hits physical, and he was actually teammates with Meshack at the World Juniors. Well, anyway, uh, Lauko was drafted by the Bruins in the third round. And we all figured, all right, he's either going to go to the Quebec League and play there because he was an import draft pick, or he's going to go back to Europe. And instead, he, he did it, and he went to Providence. And he played in the AHL, and the, the Bruins seemed to like him very much. And I think when a player does that, if you go right to the AHL after getting drafted, if you're, especially if you're a European kid, that tells the team that you're committed to developing your game of rounding it out to fit the North American requirements. And so uh, if he does that, great, it'll shorten his path to the NHL. Uh, some of us like to think that, well, if he played against adults, then he's ready to be in the NHL, not necessarily when he's European kids, but mm. the thing about the Czech Extraliga, hands down, it is the most physical. Out of the let's say the four major uh, countries, uh, elite leagues the KHL, the Extra Liga, the SHL in, in Sweden, and the SM Liga in Finland. If you watch the Extra Liga, it's physical, it's, it's rough, it's tough, and I think that's why Misak's compete level really came out because he had no choice, he had to defend himself, he had to show his teammates that he wasn't a wimp and he was willing to, you know, go into corners and battle and what have you. So, uh, I do think he's got a relatively short path. The question is. What kind of players are you going to be when he gets there? Can he contribute as a, as a checker, as a bottom six guy? I think all young kids, for the most part, if they have a good attitude, would be willing to do that. Filipito did that with the Rangers. I think Zadina, when he first came to the Red Wings, right, he wasn't given the top the three role. He was uh, kind of eased into it, wasn't he? Um,
1: well, he kind of he, he, – he injuries and in a – Garbage NHL roster allowed him to get a, a top. Yeah, exactly. Nine, yeah. Top uh, nine minutes, a lot of nights.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but even still, like if if this he would have been better
1: suited further on down the lineup.
0: Yeah, you're correct. It, usually, what happens is with these kids is when they if they show up to their first day at camp or their first day at practice and they're attentive, they're eager, they're not cocky, they're not acting like uh, they're this high prospect because remember these kids if you're a high prospect like a mishak people have been uh, catering to your needs like crazy more so than anybody else because you've been the best player on, on every team you pretty much ever played on and the fact that the czech federation is dmr him as the future of, of the national team uh it could it could inflate their heads a little bit and we've seen it before where these prospects show up and the coach might give them a little bit of a talking to and the kid doesn't like it it's not respect receptive and then, you, of course, now he's fighting the coach. Uh, whereas if, if he shows up, he understands, hey, listen, I, I, I got. Uh, I know I, I need to work on some things. He'll receive his criticism and take it constructively. Uh, he, he'll go places. I think any prospect will go places if they have that attitude. And I've never really heard of reports or anything that Misek is a tough kid to coach. I think all reports are he, he comes to play. So th- this, if he does that, the quicker he'll make it to the NHL. So does he still have that same? Does he have the same out clause as Zadina had, to where he came on from Europe, played in the Quebec League, and then when he was drafted by us, he was uh, able to come play for the Griffins. Does Mysak still have? Does he have that out clause in I'm the pretty LHL? Sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's I don't know if the league has a has a specific transfer agreement with the extra league, like they do with the KHL. But uh, I'm a, I was under the impression that any European kid. Uh, regardless of where he's playing, if he's playing in, uh, in, in an elite league or he's playing in Quebec Major Junior, because he's European, he's allowed to leave whenever he wants, he could, and he goes right to the AHL. There's no uh, CHL limitations on him uh, as if he were, let's say, a Canadian-born player.
1: All right, it's draft day, and you are Steve Eiserman, the first pick of the second round. Comes up, Jan Misak is still on the board. What's the one reason that you draft him? And the one reason that you pass on him?
0: Well, the one reason why I draft him is the the lore the lore of having Philip Zadina have a fellow countryman next to him, uh, and they play similar positions. They're both forwards, and you could actually put them on the same line. Uh, so you have really two, and Misak could be a playmaker as well. So you you could have this playmaking center. And also this this sniper type of a winger in Zadina. Now there's no guarantee that they like each other. I'm not saying that they don't, but it seems like <laughs> we as fans always say, oh, well, they're Russian, they must like each other. That's yeah. like saying, "Like, oh, well, they're American, they must like each other. Clearly, Americans do not like one another. Like, you know, we have a lot of issues with one, with one another. So uh, I always try to tell people that, like, oh, they're Russian. They'll, they'll get along, they're Russian. Well, you have to be a good person or we'll have something in common with that other person to get along. <laughs> You know, what if, like, Misak likes Megadeth and frickin' Zadina likes, you know, uh, I don't know, Coldplay. Like, (laughs) they like two different types of music. So, (laughs) Uh, so I I think uh, that would be something that would be really appealing. Uh, If I'm Iserman and I'm going to pass on Misak, it might be a little issue with uh, the way his play kind of took a little bit of a step down Uh, when he went to the OHL. I'm not saying it was completely, uh, I guess, unimpressive. But, you know, when I look at the numbers and I watched him play, I felt like he should have dominated more, if that makes sense. 15 goals in 22 games might sound like a lot, which it is. But uh, his play was a little inconsistent. You could chalk that up to a new surrounding, you know, coming from the Czech Republic to North America, being in Canada and having a billet family uh, obviously takes time. Uh, But it was nothing really serious. But, again, like, what kind of team is Steve Eisman trying to create? Does he need more finesse? Does he need more offense? Considering the guys that they have already in their prospect pool, uh, guys like, you know, uh, Valeno and Zadina and Berggren and Mastro Simone, uh, like, you know, they have a lot of skilled forwards up there. So I don't know, uh, once you get out of that top four pick, where you're going to just draft the best player available – Maybe you could start using some of those high second round picks on, on other positions or maybe a specific kind of a forward like a shutdown checking center or a power play specialist defenseman, so to speak.